You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Oh, I'm sad. We're finishing Hebrews today, but we're finishing with a benediction. benediction. What's a benediction? That final good word at the end of the letter, the last ah, thing he says. I wonder what he's going to say as his final closing word to us as we finish this reading of Hebrews today, today on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Well, good morning this lovely fall morning. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, we're excited today. Sad a little bit, but well, excited as well. <laughs> it's time to finish. We've read the whole book. <laughs> That's right. So we are in our last episode looking at Hebrews. And uh, and it, go, it goes out with a bang. This is really a nice, there's a nice benediction here that he prays over us, the, who are, uh, the readers. And uh, it's it's just really nice. So It's more than nice. It's profound. Yeah, it's profound. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to kind of end on. And we're going to take some time also as well to to reminisce a little bit uh, back on the themes that really impressed us throughout the entire book 13 chapters and uh, he himself says it was a it was a brief a brief written account <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to take some time to do that so so as you've been listening you know what has uh, stuck out to you what things have impacted you what kind of themes have you seen and maybe we'll just compare notes as we finish up today's broadcast so uh so here we are, Hebrews 13. You want to just jump in yeah, in the benediction, this they call is it? Such a beautiful nice benediction. Nice closing prayer. Uh, and actually, just before I read this, uh, let me just say to you if you listeners have never taken the time to really pay attention to the benedictions of the epistles yeah. in the in the New Testament, uh, that in itself can be a lovely, fruitful, peace giving study. Yeah. So okay, here's our very Many favorite. Many times you think it's just a throwaway, right? It's just not a closing throwaway. the book and saying goodbye. Thank like, you for reading. But we just smart. end a letter. Love you. Bye. Right. You know, mom or whoever, whatever, whoever is reading the letter. No, but this is a these clear are strategic statement of of blessing. Yeah. So starting in verse twenty, now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great Shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What can you say after that? Amen. Yeah. Well, let's look at it more slowly because it's pretty fascinating. Now, now may the God of peace mm. who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. That's an interesting title, God yeah, of peace. God of peace. Yeah, God of peace, and that that kind of registers a lot of things in our heads. But uh, but principally, you know, when when we talk about um, God and peace, often it comes up in the New Testament that before coming to Jesus, we were at war, and we didn't with have God. we had no rest, had no rest. Stirred, we were not at constantly peace, constantly stirred inside. Yeah, and there's always an attendant idea when you talk about peace in the New Testament about. Uh, a, a closing of distance between someone. So, you know, when you're yeah. wild with somebody, you know, you have a disagreement and you're not at peace with them, you're distant from them. So it, it ties into the whole idea that you, at one time you were opposed to God and you were distant from him. 
and uh, and you were restless as a result. And so, and actually, I have Ephesians two open in front of me oh, where it says there you go. that. Uh, Formerly, this is this is Ephesians two thirteen and fourteen. But now in Christ, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Right. He is our peace. Right. He took upon Himself the uh, the initiative to open the way and bring us into this relationship with God, where there is no more opposition yes there's a welcome and that's a very big deal that the god of the universe yeah <laughs> wanted to wanted to narrow the distance between us we we caused that distance by the way right. god didn't cause that distance but he's the one that takes the initiative to fix that distance and to bring peace between us and uh, and he explains in the very next phrase how he did it well it isn't it amazing we don't we often live in a state of unpeace right we have yeah. unreconciled relationships we're unsettled all the time because things just are not right or unfulfilled but expectations in some relationship yeah. right but here we have the god of peace the god who who pursues peace, who pursues reconciliation, and who takes upon himself the responsibility to put in place everything required for us to enter his presence. Yeah, and the result after that narrow distance is peace. Peace. Or rest. Rest. So, you know, it really is. Which is is a theme in Hebrews. It's a theme in Hebrews. I'm going to talk about (laughs) that. So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. So, this blood of the eternal covenant, that's what accomplished all of this. Yeah. And, uh, and attendant to that, he brought him back from the dead. And he calls him not the king of kings and lord of lords, but the great shepherd of the sheep. Isn't that Yeah, that's such beautiful. a great it's phrase. tender and near. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, this, it's the shepherd who engaged on our behalf in order to bring us to God. That's what shepherds do. They do things that benefit the sheep. And so as the greatest shepherd of all time, he did what he could do to benefit the sheep, to bring us into nearness of God. And he did that through his own death. Wow. Yeah. And this is the, you know, we've talked about the covenant, but this is the only place in the scripture that I am aware of where it's this phrase, the eternal covenant shows yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about that. Now we know that when God speaks, his word lasts forever, right? We have plenty of scripture that supports that. But I was looking for this idea of the eternal covenant and I came to Psalm 111. Now listen to this. Oh. Just let me just read you a couple of verses. The works of his hands are truth and justice. All his precepts are sure. They're upheld forever and ever and performed in truth and righteousness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Forever. Yeah. 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 And it's an interesting contrast because through this entire book, Kevin, we kept talking about the old covenant and the new covenant covenant. and the old covenant and the new covenant. And so here's an eternal covenant. So which one of them is it? Is both. Well, you know, Revelation says we, we see the lamb forever slain, yeah. right? The one who was marked from before creation for mm-hmm. this very purpose. Uh, so this eternal covenant, this eternal arrangement for doing life or giving us life has been in the heart of God from before time. Yeah, right. It's, it's eternal. Right. It's an and, eternal idea. And he sort, he sort of plotted that course through Hebrews. You know, yeah. he, he started it at the covenant with Abraham. So we'll talk about that. So, that, yeah, so it's really the eternal covenant. God hasn't changed his mind mm. at all. 
And then in verse 21, the last half of his benediction, he, he prays for our equipping. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Well, this is the whole point of the new covenant, right? Yeah. That God says, I will, you will know me in your heart. I will write my words on your heart and he mm-hmm. will work in us. So he says, equip you, uh, finish you out, mend you, put everything in order, provide for you everything required mm-hmm. for you to, to do what God's purpose is for you. Yeah, yeah. And he's the one that does it. He yeah, equips he us. he does it. We don't have to kind of, you know, hold our breath and pump our muscles and see if we make ourselves yeah. worthy to be used. He equips us with everything good, so sufficient in every respect mm-hmm. for, for how he wants to glorify himself through us that you may do his will yeah working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through jesus so he makes us pleasing in his sight that's right through all of those remember when we when we talked about the new covenant we're impressed by the fact that it says repeatedly god says i will i will i will i will there is never a you will until we get almost to the end of the state more it says and you'll all know me right so the profound emphasis of the new covenant is not what we can do for no, God. It's what it's Jesus, God is doing in Jesus us. has done in us. Yeah. And that's probably the most profound difference between the new and old covenant. The old covenant stressed sort of what we did in compliance. You yeah. know? And even at that, it, you know, he, he argues that all that stuff that we did in the old covenant really didn't gain us much. You know? But in the new covenant, it's all about what Jesus accomplished for yeah, us. That alone ought to give us tremendous peace. Yeah. Right, Romans 5 says we have received our introduction into the peace of God and this grace in which we stand through Jesus, right? We we have a place to stand in relationship with God because of the peace that he established through the blood of Christ. Right, right. Does that not give you peace? Right. A sense of steadiness and uh, and rest in your soul. Yeah, yeah. And remember earlier he said it's impossible to please God without faith. Mm. And here he is talking about the fact that he is going to equip us. He's going to do everything working in us, the sufficiency of every good thing in order that we'll be pleasing in his sight. Mm. And so when you tie that back together with the faith issue, and you realize there's a a brand new kind of relationship birthed here when you come to Jesus where you're in relationship with him, you relate to him through faith. He equips you totally and fully to do his will. Uh, for the rest of your life. And it's all about what he does in us, not what we do for him. So it's a fascinating thing. And then he caps it by saying, through Jesus Christ, through Jesus, all of this is possible. That's an amazing thing. So if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, do do you realize he's at work right right now within you to equip you to do his will and wherever he's placed you and whatever you're doing? And, you know, a lot of us, we, we I don't, I don't want to say shirk, but we sort of shy away from being used by God in situations where, you know, well, if I say this, they're going to react kind of weird. And what if they ask a question I can't answer? And I'm not a scriptorian and I'm not an expert at this. And you just need to realize he's been equipping you all along for wherever he leads you in order to serve as well. That's what he does in you. That's not what you have to figure out how to do for him. You just show up. Yeah, you just show up. (laughs) Yeah. You have something? Well, I just, while we were talking here, I was thinking of another benediction. It's the one at the end of Jude where uh, it just 
it's Jude says now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling right you mm-hmm. don't keep yourself from stumbling he keeps you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless and with great joy that's what he does that's what God does that's what for he does us. Yeah. to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all time now there's that new covenant emphasis again on what is. he does not god what we do. is able to make us stand blameless right. before him with great joy in his presence yeah yeah isn't that what what we want to be able to stand in confidence before god in by the blood of jesus by the blood of jesus jesus makes it all possible and uh and from the point of now until the fulfillment of his promise to us we live this life that glorifies him with him equipping us in how to do that so mm. that's the new covenant so, to whom be glory forever glory and forever ever, and ever. Right? The yeah. natural result of that yeah. in us should be giving praise and honor and recognition to God for what he has done. Yep, yep. I, I love this benediction. The great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant. That phrase all by itself kind of staggers me and makes me kind of step back and just think for a while. That's a, it's a great statement. The great shepherd of the sheep. Well, and when you think that at the heart of making a covenant in the Old Testament picture was the death of the lamb, right? yeah, the sacrifice, right. the blood that was brought. Mm-hmm, and here mm-hmm. we have the great shepherd who himself becomes the sacrifice right yeah that is a stunning picture yeah and you know he tutored us all the way through hebrews about about how jesus fulfills so many different roles in the old testament that's why this is such a fitting benediction for this letter not not just the sacrifice lamb which he is but he's also our high priest he's a forerunner into the holy of holies okay class, now you're stomping you know. on my on okay my well, let me just <laughs> let me just read the final greetings here and then we'll go back and we'll kind of reminisce about the themes that kind of popped out to us i'll just read for us the final greetings uh, 22 i appeal to you brothers bear with my word of exhortation this thing right here like bear with it for i have written to you briefly you should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders and all the saints, those who come from Italy, send you greetings. Grace be with all of you. The end of Hebrews. Hmm. Yeah. It's a great close. Does it make you wonder who wrote it? It does. By we the way, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. Yeah. There's a lot of presumptions going around, but we just we just don't know. It's one of the many letters... Uh, in the New Testament, but one of the few that doesn't state who wrote it, because they always at the at the mm-hmm. front say, "This is me writing this to you," and he doesn't do that. Here. And we probably talked about that weeks and weeks ago when yeah. we started into this. But you know, many people think that it was Paul. But mm-hmm. it, the more familiar you are with Paul's writing, the right. less this feels like even, Paul's even writing. Even translated into English, it doesn't sound like it doesn't Paul. sound like Paul. Yeah. Yeah, so some someone else, but yeah, we don't. But know. But somebody who had a close relationship with Timothy. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Clearly, somebody knew Paul. Someone, someone in the circle. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's spend the last ten minutes or so talking about the, as we look back on these thirteen mm. chapters, the great themes that you saw. Why, why don't you go first? Tell us the things that really jump. Well, you know, when when you said you want to talk about this, the first thing that came to mind is Jesus is better. Jesus is better is the theme that runs all the way through the book for me. And then when I began to thumb through it and kind of watch for that, the list just grows. He's better than angels. He has a better name. He's named Son, 
right? He, though he reigns, he became one of us. He's better than Moses. He's a better priest because mm. he sympathizes with us. He was tempted yet without sin. Uh, he forever lives always to intercede for us. Right. He gives us a better hope, a better covenant, a better ministry. He's a better mediator. All of these things just better, leap better, better. off the page. Yeah. Better, better, better. Yeah. Jesus is better. He's a better sacrifice. He entered the true holy place once for all on the mm. basis of a better promise, right? That right. this blood would pay for good once for all. And we have a better reward, which is mm-hmm. to be with him forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jesus is better yeah. than anything. And what, that's a very powerful message for oh. Jewish ears, because in, in Jewish lore, you know, they, they tend to hold up uh, in reverence people like Abraham and Moses, you know, and, and all these all these people who really, you know, they're, they're principal well, people. God gave them as their leaders and models, yeah. yes. Yeah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I mean, they're, they're, there's, there's no doubt they should be prominent. But for a Jew, that's the big list, right? And Jesus is not on the big list. Well, and the Pharisees, you know, took Moses to, or Jesus to task for saying, "Well, who are you? Are you greater than are Abraham? Are you greater than Abraham? Are you greater than Moses?" Yeah, right. Right. And he said, "Yeah, yeah I, I am. am. I am." Before Abraham was, <laughs> I am. Yeah, he was very clear about that. Well, the, the writer, name. the writer of Hebrews, is making a very strong statement about the preeminence of Christ. You might have your own kind of, uh, you know, list of heroes in the Old Testament, but you know, Jesus is bigger than all of them. Mm-hmm. So, And he's better than any other religious system you yeah. might be laboring under or impose upon yourself. Yeah. Jesus is a better way. Yeah. yeah. So that really struck home to me on this Not passage. Not only better, but, but even at the beginning, he says, like, he's the only he's way. He's the ultimate way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how are we going to escape if we neglect so great right. a salvation? He is God's, yeah. God's word. Yeah. God's final word to yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's probably the big one for me. Mm. But then second second to that, I I was struck by there's these urgent calls all the way through the letter. Don't mm. do this, but do do this, right? Okay, so now listen to the Very list. Very practical. Don't drift. Don't neglect. Don't fall away through unbelief. Don't harden your heart, which actually is said repeatedly. Yeah. Don't grow dull of hearing, and don't be sluggish. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, I'm guilty of every single one of those, on a, perhaps on a daily basis. But then there's a there's a list of do's that yeah, keep coming yeah. up again and again. Do consider, do draw near, do be diligent, do hold fast. Mm. And mm-hmm. hold fast mm-hmm. happens again and again and again. I have probably, oh, five times listed here. Hold fast, hold fast. Cling, anchor yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's... Um, along with this argument that Jesus is the better, the only way, mm-hmm. then there is this very personal, urgent call. to So don't, don't let your heart grow cold. Don't fail to believe. Don't fail to cling fast. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it should always be the case that, that what you believe should, should color a lot what you do mm-hmm. those, those two should be tied together in well, some kind of a way they actually really are whether we admit it or whether not it what or not. we yeah. believe becomes clear by yeah. the way we act yeah but a lot of people who have never really looked at hebrews closely will say well it's just you know it's a big book of theology you know and when you say theology you think well not real practical not real down to earth it's just kind of theory and stuff like that but it's really not it's just he's he's outlining what the truth is from a hebrew mindset and that has consequences on what you do which mm-hmm. is why he is so pragmatic about saying don't do this don't do this do this this should color 
color exactly how you walk forward from this point right. in life. Yeah. I, you know, I left something off that list, which was in, in chapter 12, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. On yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Because he is the only way you will get to that goal. Yeah. The only way you're going to finish the race and get where you are going. Yeah. So it's it's very practical mm-hmm. in the midst of just some profound truth that's stated from a Hebrew mindset, well, an you Old know Testament what? mindset. Profound truth is practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It changes everything, yeah. really. It really does. And and you can find out what someone truly believes by how they act, by the way, mm-hmm. which is why Jesus says, uh, you'll know them by their fruits. Right. Look at what comes right. out on the outside. You'll understand what they really believe because it's those two tie together closely. Okay. So that can be fairly convicting. Yeah. Right. Because we can say we believe something <laughs> and then we just don't live like it's true. And then, exactly. Which yeah. makes us a functional atheist. Yeah. At least a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that that's it's really true and i think that's why god gave us these outward actions so we can we can start to understand we can plumb the darkness of our hearts find out who we are just look at what you do oh my look gosh. at what you do and you'll understand that it's like they say if you find want to find out how someone really is see what they do when there's no one around watching yeah right yeah Right. Well, let me tell you some of yeah, my themes. tell me yours. And, and my themes are actually, they're one and the same. There was, uh, early on, he talked about the promises, uh, you know, the promises to Abraham, mm-hmm. the pro- and that promise as a thread extends on to right. us. And that promise is a promise for life. It's a promise for a place to live. And he talked about how the Israelites left Egypt, and the promise was he'd bring them to a place to live. It was a place of living with God. So that promise is there. And then he switched and started to use another word for the same thing, which is this idea of rest. Remember? Because he says they were going into the promised land, but they didn't make it because they didn't believe they could get in because of the giants. Um, And so God says, you know, I, I wouldn't let them enter my rest. So that place of the promise is also characterized as rest. He uses that as a code word. And then he switches and uses another word for that same promise, the promise rest, which is a city. You know, it's a place to dwell. So these are always about places to dwell that God had designed and God had intended for them. And these places, Mm -hmm. God would be in the midst and God would give life to them in that new living situation. So it it isn't just an idea about how to get our heads together so we live happy lives. It's the fact that God has always intended, starting with this promise way back, that he wants to live with us. Yeah. And, and and with us living in God's presence, we find real life. And that's rest, and that's a promise. That's the promise from Abraham, and that's the city. The city, remember, as we looked at the people in Hebrews 11, uh, he said, you know, they, they all desired a better country, a right. heavenly one. So so God's not ashamed to be called their God. And so the the, the looking is, is toward that. So even in this last chapter in 13, he said, you know, here we don't have a lasting city. Mm. You know, you can set your tent here, but we don't have right. a lasting city here. So we seek the city that is to come. And we're receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken. Will not be shaken, yeah. So I was really impressed with that, His this thread of, you know, here's, here's why we're talking about this. God wants us to find life, and that life, even when you wind it back to the Garden of Eden, was life with God mm-hmm. in that place. That's right. And God says, I want to bring you back to that. There's some problems with sin. You know, we work through all that kind of stuff. But in the end, in the end, the final benefit is if you want to find life, real life, it's life living with God. And guess what? God has it all planned out. And in the last metaphor, it's the city of God. 
And you're invited. Where God lives in our midst. Right. And we dwell God. with him. And I think we said last week that the, the beautiful picture of that is in Revelation 19. Yeah, absolutely. 20, yeah. Uh, where he says, you know, and, and the light is, there's no sun there because the light he, is the lamb. Yeah, he right? is the light. But yeah. he is the center of the city. Yeah, yeah. The center of this entire new community designed and built by God. And it's the same place that Jesus said to the apostles, you know, you know, if 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 there wasn't a place that you that there was going to accommodate you, I would have been telling you about this place in my father's house. There's lots of places to live. So I'm going there so that you can be with me. That's the whole part. So you can be with me. And we're struck when we look in the Old Testament about the fact that when they wandered in the desert in their tents, God said, "Here's how you're going to arrange your tents by tribe and guess who will be in the center of all your tents?" My right. tent. That's I was just where looking I for that be. verse, but you already yeah. got there. So yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and, and see, well, yeah. And, and, yeah. So that, that's just a remarkable thing. God's intention is to bring life to us by us living with him. But sin got in that way. And God, again, took the initiative through the blood of Christ and took care of that problem. But it was always God's intention to dwell in the midst of his people. Exactly. Right? Pictured by From that tent in the beginning. wilderness in the middle of the camp, and then pictured later on by the temple that was built in yeah. the city, right in the middle of the city. Yeah. And now, you know, then we become the temple in, right. in the New Testament in Christ. But we're still looking forward to that. Still looking That forward. city whose architect and builder is God. Still looking, yeah. And, and that's what impresses me so strongly in chapter 4. If Joshua had given them rest, hmm. then God would not have spoken of another, another day, day later on. Yeah. And that's what we are still waiting for. We're is, still looking. The, is the culmination of that promise, the culmination of that rest. But we have rest right now yeah. in Jesus while we look and wait for that final culmination if, if it's possible for you to live life in fellowship with god you can find right. that and we can because of his spirit we can so we start to experience that right now well we are out of time again why don't you tell them what we're going to go to next time oh you know after thanksgiving we are going to move into the book of exodus exodus which has been a favorite of mine for a number of years i i never realized until i embarked on a study of exodus a, a fairly focused study of Exodus, how central it was to understanding what God did oh, it's when he huge. brought his people out of Egypt. I mean, we all know the story. You've all seen the it's movie, huge. right? Yeah. <laughs> but that is the central story yeah. of the nation of Israel recorded yeah. in Exodus. So yeah. we're excited about that. Oh, I, I am too. It's just, it's, it's more than just a story. In my own yes, mind, I it is have, the central event. It's the central event. Yes, yeah, the defining event because this is God taking the initiative to rescue a people in trouble, right. and that's the largest metaphor for what He's doing for all of mankind. And to literally make them His own people, yes. give them His name and an identity. The great rescue. So that's what we're going to go to next time, and we hope you join us with that. And we're glad you stuck it out with us through all of Hebrews, and uh, it's just been a great great exploration so come well, back and join us and if you didn't through Exodus. if you just came in part way through you can go back and find these online they're, you online. Can, they're all posted on the more than ink right. website so do that so join us next time again for more, more than, than ink, ink. Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. We'll just wing it. Okay, all right. <laughs>